What is up, ladies and gentlemen? As always, welcome back to the BB Show. I'm your host, Biebs, a.k.a. Caleb. I'm here with my best friend, my best co-host, my favorite co-host ever, Christian. How you doing? Hey, man. I'm feeling good. (laughs) I I got a lot to say. I I really do. Um, There was a lot, I think, that kind of went down this weekend. Some things got more overlooked than others, if you will. Um, But I think we kind of just got to kick it right off. Like, what's going on with Tua, man? Dude. I mean, was, was he even? He, I heard he almost could have died, and like that's not even hyperbole. That is what I saw from like a doctor. The doctor that reportedly cleared him got terminated like a day or two after. So something clearly went down there, and now he's gonna miss this next game with concussion protocols. Which honestly, for a normal concussion, the recovery time is usually like a week. So the fact they get an extended week because they played on Thursday night and still already ruled out. Uh, they can't. That's, that's, that's optics. Scary. They can't play him again, dude. There's no chance. He's they just, could get just away the out of the way look. Yeah, that the the bottom line with the Tua situation, it looks horrible. Um, we all saw the the mobility issues against the Bills. Uh, he goes back into that game, uh, and then he. Plays on a short week on Thursday night. I mean, it's it's not a good look. Um, I think the NFL is trying to scapegoat that guy that got fired um, rather than put the heat on Mike McDaniel, Tua, Roger Goodell. But uh, this is a complete fail uh, league-wide on the concussion protocol. This is clearly um, not safe. I read it's... Uh, I mean, look, I'm sure Tua wanted to play, but at some point you need to put the foot down and just say, like, dude, this isn't safe for you. Like, you can't do this. Um, And we saw that. One of the, you know, nervous responses to two concussions in a short period of time is, I guess the word is, like, seizing. Um, I don't think – I mean, he didn't have a seizure, but you saw in his hands. His body seizing, yeah. Yeah. Um, That is a response to two concussions in a short period of time. So – the idea that this was some sort of back spasm on Sunday against yeah. the Bills is, you know, that's some heresy, I guess. Oh, even when he got up, I remember on that Bills game, he he stumbled. Like, I he, mean, he got up, visibly stumbled, and he went back to the locker room like, oh, he's probably not going to get cleared. And then he came running out like Lamar after he pooped on Monday Night Football. <laughs> I was like, okay. It, maybe there was nothing here, but then, like you mentioned, with the seizing, and now that he's getting held out even longer for what we assume is the same concussion, head-related injury, uh, I would agree that it is a complete failure on the NFL's part, on the NFLPA, like everybody that is involved in this, because ultimately, we've seen guys. I, I mean, rest in peace to all of them, but like. Vincent Jackson comes to mind. Demarius Thomas, guys that directly suffered from CTE and passed away and was found out later they had like insanely crazy CTE. It was like stage four, something like that. Um, so that's just my two cents on the issue is you can play uh, tough as nails philosophy. Guys like Farb and whatnot, like 
you, Justin Herbert, for example, like you break your ribs, you've gotten it out. That's fine. I just think when it comes to your brain, like that's something you cannot put into words how much that means. Somebody, somebody somebody's got to put their foot down, man. I mean, right? You better be safe than sorry where any head related injury. In my opinion, I think if you're you have just minor concussion, whatever, you need to be sitting out the next game. As much as no NFL player is going to do it, especially the ones that are playing game check to game check. Not saying Tua is, but I'm just saying for the guys in the NFL, like there's really no motivation to sit out games unless you're one of the top five percent of athletes that get paid in the multi millions. I mean, Tua's still looking to buy that contract. So again, I, I just gotta agree with the sense that complete just ter- and considering how much time, effort, and energy and resources they probably spent. You even see it in hard knocks with the those uh, guardian oh, yeah. cats. Look, right? I'm not like, I'm not saying that I think that Tua. I mean, because he he clearly cleared protocol to play. I'm not saying that I think that's a lie and that it was a sham. You know, just to get him to play. I, I'm I saying think I think that there's problems with, with the protocol because he was able to clear them, and rather than the NFL changing a league wide protocol because it's not effective, like. They're just going to scapegoat this one doctor, um, and I'm not going trying to go down some conspiracy route. But like it was, uh, it was Ryan Fitzpatrick in the post game. He's like, "Yeah, it was with Tua yesterday. He seemed completely fine. Like he said he was fine. He didn't have headaches. He was completely normal. Like it's you know, so maybe you know Sunday was a minor concussion and this made it worse. But like, you don't know. What I'm trying to say is that. I guess I'm trying to get to here is I saw this take and I actually, uh, I very much agree with it. Um, I think that Thursday night games, you shouldn't be allowed to play in unless you're coming off a bye week. Mm. I think, I think that they should make that change. If that means you have to add a second bye week, you can figure that out with the NFL PA. Like you can like work out how that works. I know that there's probably a push maybe from fantasy football, like saying, Oh, we don't want two bye weeks. But in reality, like, (laughs) That's dumb. That's a stupid excuse. Like, if guys were just coming off of a bye week to play on Thursday night football, like I think that that would be perfect. You know, and maybe definitely more manageable. Yeah. So stuff like this doesn't happen because this is—it's just a solution I saw proposed that I thought was pretty like easy fix potentially. Because I think that if Tua gets a short, a long, a full week rest and has the exact same play happen. Uh, I think he's probably fine. He has more time to recover, um, and he doesn't seize up like that. How scary that was, you know. Um, right, right. Accidents happen. I mean, Ryan Chazier, I think it was Gerald Everett last year. Like, Or no, it was Robert Parham last year on the Chargers. Uh, like, that stuff happens. It's a dangerous sport. Like, everybody realizes that. But there are things you can do to avoid this. Then. Yeah, this is just the bottom line is this is a bad look for the NFL. No doubt. And I don't want to keep, you know, circling wagons here, but at the end of the day, it's change is necessary. The bottom line is they got to do something, whether it's just protocol, like you mentioned, a new idea, like a, a second buy. Ultimately, what happened on Thursday night was unsafe, and we saw the worst of it. Um, but that being said, kudos to the Bengals for getting the job done. I yeah, let's, let's talk was, about the actual football. Man. Right, yeah, the actual football game itself. Bengals looked like themselves. 
couldn't really. I mean, really struggled. Really struggled in the run game, though. Like compared to last year, uh, I felt like Mixon just they they were giving him the ball and he just could not get anything going. Yeah. Uh, I do agree the protection looked better, especially against a blitz-heavy Dolphins team. But Right, but in terms of overall general offensive line play, I, I would agree with you that it's, it's still pretty poor. And, yeah, it's, that's tough for Joe Mixon fantasy owners because, ooh. He, I mean, he had a good day, like, fantasy-wise, but, like, I don't think he averaged more than two a carry. Like, maybe, definitely not three, I guess. No, and he was he was getting fed a good amount. Like they were trying to establish the run, and it was just not happening. Um, and that is like they had some great plays in the air. They, they were able to get the passing game going. There's like oh, especially Higgins. yeah. I mean, didn't Howard go down too? Xavier Howard. Oh, he might have went down. I yeah, think he did. Part of it. I think he would. did. And the the I mean the Dolphins honestly they're kind of a dream matchup for the Bengals. Like they're very man coverage heavy. And uh, when you have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins needing to beat man coverage, uh, that's that's kind of what you want, you know, that, that you will win that most of the time um, against teams because most teams don't have two guys that can cover both those guys. They may have one, but not two. So, and you saw that with T. Higgins down the sideline. Um, but, yeah, uh, I digress. I agree. Bengals look good. Picked them to win. Was happy with the results. Uh, prayers up for Tua. I heard he looks good, but. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I guess my question to you is what do we really have any takeaways on the Dolphins? I mean, they they had Teddy Bridgewater for that second half of it. Teddy Bridgewater yeah, looked, looked good amazing. actually. <laughs> yeah, I thought Bridgewater solid. Um, solid you know? I will it, say this, like he my takeaway from the Dolphins, I did before Tua got hurt. Um, I do have some growing concerns about his deep ball. Uh, he just can't throw the ball very far, man. That pick, I believe it was picked. He tried to hit uh, Tyreek deep, and he was short by like 10 yards, and he has to completely stop, and Tyreek's got to step on him. And it's like, man, Mahomes never did that. Now, Mahomes would throw wacky balls and, and you know, do some crazy stuff. We saw that last night, but, like, terms of like oh Tyreek's got to step on him like down the middle of the field like he's not going to leave it that short and then you saw uh Teddy Bridgewater come in and throw a bomb to Tyreek it was like a 60 yard throw in the air so I never would have expected yeah I I have to agree with that I did not see that out of Teddy Bridgewater but um it just made me think like hmm this is something that needs to like I just want to keep an eye on because I've been praising Tua like crazy rightfully so I mean they were three and oh uh, they very well could have won that game if he doesn't go down. So, you know, Bobby knows how to win games. If you're going to have this deep threat offense, like you got to be able to get the ball out there, man. That's that's the bottom line. Is he doesn't have that deep ball? Oops, there's concerns. Obviously, it's like a meme, but it was kind of a reality that we saw on Thursday night and even throughout the course of the season. Now, does that mean like he's a bad quarterback by any means? No, like we've seen guys succeed. Like Drew Brees, for example, like did not have an amazing arm. Peyton Manning, as much as people love him, did not have like an amazing arm. Yeah. He can still be a successful quarterback in this league um, and not have that per se. But either way, it's when you have Tyreek Hill and you have Jalen Waddle, I would argue to get your full use out of 
that just dynamic you know track team out there you gotta have a guy that can sling the rock and granted, i didn't think bridgewater said either personally i thought coming out of college like to a kind of baseline was going to be a teddy bridgewater like wasn't well, a guy that's going to make a whole lot of mistakes. He's going to make very solid and accurate throws for the majority of the game. There's an opportunity to pass to get away from him. And Tua's done that and more, for sure, in the beginning of the season. But I really think, like, you got like, best-case scenario, he's just lights above everybody, like, mentally. Because it's – I'm not trying to whip the guy. It's just talent-wise – when you look at the Justin Herberts, Patrick Mahomes, even Joe Burrow, like, they're just more athletically gifted throwing the football. So that's something that the Dolphins are going to have to overcome. But even as, hey, my coach of the year pick, Mike McDaniel, like, he's going to find a way to win. And if Tua can just make the right plays, Dolphins should be fine. Not worried after what happens. They had to go into Cincinnati and win. And to do it without your, courting, your starting quarterback against the former uh, AFC champion, I just – that's a tough ask. So, I don't think yeah. Dolphins fans should be worried. I think Bengals fans should be satisfied that now you've got two in a row now, and it seems like a bit of a fluky rough start for them. So I agree. To, to answer your question, I think the Dolphins are going to be fine. Uh, they're still playoff contenders. They still beat the Bills. I mean, you can say what you want about the Bills being hurt in that game, but, I mean, Mike Hyde's out for the year, you know, and he's the heart of that defense, so it's something they're going to have to deal with uh, for the rest of the year. So, um yeah, I agree with what you had to say. I think the Dolphins will be fine. For sure. And I, I think team that is fine right now. And I just, unless you have any more, I think, to add for this primetime uh, Thursday uh, game. Bengals uniforms were sweet. I'm a big fan. True, true, true. true. I'm yeah, a big fan. Awesome. Yeah. But go ahead. Hunters. Move on. That's all. No, I, yeah, that's yeah. all. I have. <laughs> Yeah, there's a point. Shout out to the yeah, guy yeah. designed those. Uh, we're going to move things to London. London. Right? Yeah. Thriller. The thriller in London came down to yeah. the kicking game. Yeah. Well, Lutz. I mean, I, I know he he didn't make that last one, but he was close. And the fact he hit from 60 earlier, he would hit from 61 again. I, it, it, I thought he was. Personally, I, I was like, there's no. I thought it went it in. I literally thought yeah, it went it in and from the TV's and perspective until the refs uh, were shaking no. Yeah, I just, that double doink. I, oh, <laughs> yeah. those Bears fans uh, are not, they're not any uh, stranger to that. But oof, a tough way for the Saints to lose. I believe I picked them as well. But ultimately, uh, I'm not going to really take too much away from them. They went in there with Andy Dalton. Played a really good game, given the circumstances. I, think, I didn't know Winston honestly, was not going to be available. I think Dalton looked better than Winston has a little bit. Uh, the Vikings are not a joke here. Um, that's an NFC playoff team. And to have them, I wouldn't say they had them on the ropes, but to be in that game late, I, I just felt like the offense looked a little bit better, especially in the second half with Dalton than it has with Winston. I'm not saying anything, but and I think it's still Winston's job, but they've been struggling, man, and it looked like they had some life. That was definitely one of their better offensive performances on the year. I will say this. I think the Vikings' defense is a little bit overrated. 
Just I would, do I would agree with that. What happened with the Eagles? They gave up a lot of points and were rolling. The Lions were able to roll on them. Now I'm not going to discredit the Lions because actually in terms of point totals, they are averaging the most points per game in the NFL. Like technically, statistically speaking, dude, they that, have we'll get to the, we'll get to the Lions, but that might be the worst defense I've ever seen. Oh yeah, no, yeah, they're they're bad. Now, yeah, Lions defense really bad. But Vikings, I mean, they're I I would say for the, kind of the faces they got on there and such, bit overrated. A unit that again, I wish the Packers would have taken advantage of, but it was Week One. I think when we get them back again later in the year, it's going to be a different story. But I, I think that's something to watch going forward because ultimately if the Vikings aren't – because this this is my whole problem with the Vikings kind of outlook and probably why they're going to finish. We say it like every year it looks like they should be like a playoff team. They're probably finished 9-8 or 8-9 because as you harped on last week, Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. Kirk's going to Kirk. And ultimately their defense is – subpar they're gonna get in these games where they're gonna be down early kevin o'connell's gonna go right in the hat pass 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 not gonna take advantage of having dalvin cook and alexander Masson. both are phenomenal running backs in my opinion and so if you're not gonna utilize i'm just getting this pass heavy situation yeah they won i i know they won i know they're three and one i'm just saying as a viewer from the things i've seen from minnesota I would not be shocked if they start losing some games here. When it becomes to playing against the real contenders, like the good teams, they look overmatched like they did against Philadelphia. I'll and say so that. Like, I'll... That's just my – I know I might be jumping the gun. I know I might be just Minnesota hating. But that is just my outlook on the team because I do watch them pretty closely, being a rival of the Packers. That's all. I mean, if you're going to go down there, then you can't throw Green Bay in the contender conversation in the NFC. I mean, that's, you know. Why not? not? They, they beat Tampa Bay. That's so valid. That's, they beat their Tampa defense, Bay. Their defense beat, doesn't have any problems. That's they, my beat, they beat Tampa Bay with nobody. I'm, I, I, I'm just proposing that we throw them both into the NFC contender conversation. I, I'm a little more sold on the Vikings right now than you are. Uh these are close games in the past that Vikings fans know all too well. They would just find ways to lose these kind of games. Like, right? Like the game where the Vikings are up the whole time and they look great. And then it's like, oh, Ryan Tannehill shreds you in a two minute drill and they, you lose at the buzzer, right? Like, how many games did they lose at the buzzer last year? I feel like it was eight or nine almost. And these are games like the Vikings. The Vikings haven't been three and one in God knows how long. Like it's just like uh, this is a game. I'll agree with you. Uh, if the Vikings, who are who they think they are and who they claim to be, uh, they should beat the Saints by more than three points. But it was in London. Uh, you know, weird game for your body. All this stuff. Like a W's a W, man. Like I. I I'm a little more sold on the Vikings. Do I think that uh, the Packers match up well against them? Like I'd like to see, I'd like to see the Packers play the Vikings again um, with the defense actually showing up. You know, no, I, I did too. Um, we'll see. Dome, we'll see dome team come winter time. Like you know how the, those how those conversations go. I, I don't know how much merit there is to it, but we'll see. Uh, but uh, I mean, I, I'm. 
pretty convinced on the Vikings being an NFC playoff team at this point. I, it'd be, it would require an injury for them not to get there. Uh, with that being said, it's still the Vikings. I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't happen because if anybody can do it, uh, it would be them. But at three and one, they're in a really good spot. I can't, I don't think they can ask for much better. And where they are in the season, you can't take that away from them. I just, it's my concern. That's all. I have concerns going forward. I think they should run the ball I, more too. It's pretty valid. I, I really think, you know, having Dalvin Cook, like he's a top five back in the league's talent wise and, they don't really utilize them, in my opinion. Definitely not to the extent that they could. But, uh, hey, in terms of utilization, I uh, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Arthur Smith of the Falcons. He's starting to utilize, uh, granted, uh, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, he had a rough one one yeah. reception for when, 25 when yards. Does, when is he, yeah, honestly, when is he not? But I, I, they, yeah. they beat the Browns. And the Browns, I thought, are a good team. They were able to run the ball consistently. Like, very yeah, um, all day long. Cordero's on IR, though. Oh, no. What happened to him? I believe it's his knee. Let me. You're kidding. Like, He's on IR. Or short term? Well, the IR is different now. Um, like, you only are out guaranteed to miss four games when you get put on IR. It's his knee, but it's not listed what it is. Um so, but they were running the ball good without him. Um, what was that kid's name? Crap. Uh, There's a couple. Caleb Huntley. Caleb Huntley. He came in uh, and looked really good, in my opinion. Yeah, it was him, and there's the Aligier. Uh, Aligier. I'll probably um, learn that name, too. Yeah. Uh, both of them ran the ball extremely well. They did. And for guys that I've honestly have not heard of, I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> I think great. Uh, like they went toe to toe against Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, and yeah, they, they won. I think it's hilarious that the Falcons won when you didn't pick them. <laughs> yeah, I really upset about that one. I know they're at home, and oh, dang it, man. I really don't know what to say about the Browns here. Um, should have won the game. Should have scored more points. You look at the box score; they look good. Like almost 200 yards rushing. Jacoby threw for 230. T- 230 yards, uh, one interception, but I, I don't know. Just a weird loss. And they were up, too. Yeah, and it's not like Mariota outplayed him either. No. He, he, didn't have, he didn't have a good day, like, at all. It was just they were just, able to consistently move the chains. They scored more points than the Browns at the end of the day. And it's, man, I feel like the Browns have just been tr- – the Browns almost look like the Vikings of last year, where they're like finding ways to lose games. Oh, like, that's been the Browns for forever. That's fair. That's, yeah, that's, I probably shouldn't give the Vikings that credit. Maybe they got <laughs> yeah. that from the Browns since yeah. like 2000. The Browns are the the OG find ways to lose games. <laughs> These are are the guys that two weeks ago lost to the Jets by letting them score 14 points in 90 seconds like they were Tracy McGrady. Like, (laughs) I mean. That was such a great analogy there. Well, Joe Flacco turns into Tracy McGrady. Who would have thought, man? Who would have thought? But, yeah, the Browns needed this win. Um, I don't think their schedule gets much easier. I can look. I'll look ahead at this, but um, should being in the AFC North, they they got some probably dog fights coming up. I mean, it's 
Let's be honest. Ravens, I know, are on there probably twice. Steelers, I believe, still twice. Yeah, we'll get to the Steelers. Their next couple games go Chargers, Patriots, Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills. My. (laughs) They might not win another game. They might get the Patriots, but yeah. That is, that is that is rough. I mean, it's never uh, and then they play the and Browns, then they man. play the Bucks. So they they're just kind of they're done. I, I see that guy. I think the Browns are dead. They're they're dead. Yeah. So they're before two two before Deshaun Watson comes back, this is their schedule: Chargers, Patriots, Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, Bucks. Then his return on December fourth. They play the Texans. Yep, that's. Uh, that's they well, might get one or two of those. I, I could see them like. They're de- like I could see them. And, I could see them sitting at four and seven. Yeah, I could see them picking off the Patriots, um, and then maybe the Bengals, like maybe a division game. You know, right, the Bucks aren't healthy. Um, oh, boy. Maybe the Dolphins, depending on who they are in a month. But right now, no. Uh, maybe the Chargers because it's at home and they can. Chargers run defenses suspect. Yeah, but, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, not looking okay. good for the Browns. They needed to get to three and one if they wanted to do anything significant this year. Right, and ultimately they're just they they don't look like it. Like you know, they had like a lockdown defense that was going to carry them through, but ultimately they're it's been susceptible kind of different points throughout the year. Yeah, the car um, the car is not driving very safely. With the yeah. defense, yeah. yeah, that probably will help when Miles Garrett comes back. But oh, tough, tough day for, and probably gonna be a tough year for the Browns. Yeah. Um, another tough day for your what was it gonna be AFC Super Bowl pick? I, I really thought the Colts were gonna get it done. Uh, Here's now I guess the not watching the game, but like going into the league, I was like, hey, this is a game they should win, and we think of them as you know the Colts, but. What are your thoughts? I mean, I don't Here's the weird part about this game is I was watching, and in the first half, I was just like, oh, my gosh, the Titans look unstoppable. They started 0-2. They're going to roll a division game this week, and they are who we thought they were at the start of the year. Like there are, They are who they have been for the past couple of years, right? It was 24-3, to I believe, uh, right around halftime, and then it got to 24-10 at the half. And then it was 24-17, and it was like, dang, the Colts are kind of roaring back here. Like, this could be a game. And then it just kind of fluttered out in 24-17 final. Um, The Colts, they're weird, man. Um, What's wrong? What do you think is their biggest issue? Their biggest issue is the fact that they can't get Jonathan Taylor Taylor to average more than two yards of carry. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's their number one issue. And that stems for a number of reasons. Uh, the number one being that Matt Ryan can't – I don't know if he can extend – he definitely can't extend the field as well as Carson Wentz could uh, in the sense that the deep ball is actually a threat that you need to honor. Um, I think the deep ball is a threat, but I, I just – Not like it used to be. I would Not agree. like um, – Wentz has a better deep ball than Ryan at this point in his career is what I'm trying to say. But I, I don't sure. think that's all the answers. I this is a this is an identity issue for the Colts, man. 
Uh, if they're going to go anywhere, and, and thankfully speaking, this division, if they wanted to, it looks like it's wide open, right? I mean, it's it, it's up for the grabs, right? Whoever wants it can take it at this point. Except yeah, record-wise, yeah. Record-wise, right? If you're going to lose to a touchdown to the Titans, like, okay, you can beat them next time, split the season, season series. Like, that's where my head's at. Um, but this was the home game against the Titans. They needed to win this game um, for that exact reason that I just listed. And when your star running back has 20 carries for 42 yards and their starting star running back has 22 carries for 114 yards, that's you're not going to win. That's the bottom line. Um yeah, you asked me what my concerns are. The number one concern is Jonathan Taylor. He needs to get going. And I don't know what – if they got to block nine guys and just play this, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, 40 carries, just to get him there, like, do it. Because you're not going to win if he's not going. It's a valid point. And I think a lot of fantasy owners are hoping for that same uh... – Philosophy. Well, according to according to Naheem Hines, uh, they don't care about our fantasy teams. So, well, you know what? Maybe I don't care about the Colts. If they're not on my team. All right, now how about that? Yeah, that's, eh? you know what? Oh, that's fair. I, I, look, I, <laughs> it's the number one pick. You man, like consensus number one fantasy pick. I don't know where he is ranking wise, but it's definitely not number one. And it's oh. probably far from that. He has two weeks in a row under 10 points, I believe. Oh, that is just so bad, man. It, it's, I think, again, it just watching him, it's not like he hit a cliff. Like he's like 22 or 23 years old. It's just the beginning of the season, they just have not been able to get him going, which is no. so bizarre. Uh, I, Frank Reich being the offensive guy he is. I'm just kind of shocked. At, I'm not worried about I, him though. Like he'll get there. Like, he I, I, has. To honestly, honestly, if we're really talking about this, Jonathan Taylor did the same thing last year. He was a complete bust for like the first four to six weeks of the season, and then that back half of the season, he was going nuclear. Do you remember that? He was nowhere to be found at the start of the year. Uh, and remember, it was when Der- it was around the time when Derrick Henry got hurt last year because Henry was the clear like. Uh, rushing leader, and then right. Taylor just caught fire. And um, I think Henry would still beat him if he stayed stayed healthy, but it was like a completely different Colts team on the back half of that year. And they were a lot of people's Super Bowl picks because they were, they'd were they won like four in a row, and then they lost their last two games and missed the playoffs. So um, all that to say, they started slow last year too. The Colts have a uh, Patriots-esque style when it comes to that under Frank Reich, if, if, if my memory serves me right. So we'll see. Uh, I am concerned with the Super Bowl pick, but it's a long season, so I'm not I'm not pressing the panic button. Not yet. jumping ship yet. No, I'm, I'm still on the ship. I've seen I – mean, we beat the Chiefs, right? Uh, we were right in this game. Uh, Should have won a home game, but 1-2-1, uh, and one, like – if it's not one and three, that's the way I'm looking at it. If it was one and three, I'd be I'd be a little concerned. But uh, very easily could have been two and two if we'd just beat the Texans. But we don't need to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, week one happens. And honestly, for the Titans' sake, glad to see them kind of turning it around big time. They went from one and two to now two and all oh the past two weeks. And uh, yeah, that's my AFC South pick. So love to see it. 
And continuing in the AFC South, I really loved the idea of uh, Doug Peterson going into Philly and getting a revenge game, which you can't tell me. Yeah, I might as well just apologize for the way I mocked you, honestly. I I feel like I owe you. I owe you until the Eagles became the Eagles. It was was 14-0, like right out of the gate. I'll say this. Uh, the Eagles proved to me yet again why they're the team to be in the league right now. Uh, down 14-0, and it, it didn't matter at all. Came roaring back. Uh, I believe it was 28-14 at one point. I can double-check that, but um, it could have that's been. just – they really- just got they, – they have a moxie to them, a swagger. Uh, it was 20-14 to 14, um, at the half. After going down 14-0 in the first quarter. Yes. Like that's 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 the They scored 20 points in the second way. quarter. Yeah, I, you can't respond any better than that. Um, and look, rain game, bad conditions, right? Uh, I was really impressed. I was really impressed with Miles Sanders and just the uh, run game as a whole for the Eagles. But, uh, I mean, they Hurts had. still threw for 200 yards. Like, just a uh, – honestly – Jacksonville lost a game. I've never seen a team look better or come out better by losing a game. Like it, like they would go up my power rankings this week with a loss. That's fair. And just the fashion they lost. Just yeah. due to the fact that they yeah, they lost the game. And offensively, for kind of the majority of it, they looked sluggish. You know, especially in that second half. But they got to get the run game going a little bit better. I think that's why they lost. Agreed, agreed. And personally, you know, like you mentioned with the conditions and such, going into Philly with Trevor Lawrence, you know, second year guys, you're like this is. I I you know I, I know I picked wrong. I know I picked wrong. But I'm saying like you you said they would go up your power rankings. I think as a Jags fan, this is kind of like. This is encouraging. What you can really ask for, like, yeah, you you kept it within a score of what both of us are considering probably one of the top contenders in the NFC right now. Yeah, so I, I, they they can't really come up like my takeaway from the Jaguars is can't be upset, and like you touched on, Philly is still Philly. They started off slow, and seeing what's the good teams you see like Packers sometimes start off slow and lose. Uh, uh, yeah, like, the Patriots I, early in the year would lose back in the day. And, Eagles are great so far, so can't really take away anything from a team that's four zero. Yeah, that's that's well said. That is that is well said. I uh, I think that here's what I'll say, and this is becoming a very uh, common take, but I'm in the boat. I think that by the end of the year, we're calling Trevor Lawrence a consensus top ten quarterback. Mm. He's on the trajectory. He is like he's probably already outplaying guys like Russell Wilson. Oh, he's yeah, for sure. He's, I mean, to um, crack into the top 10, just to go reference our list, he's just got to play better than Stafford, Carr, Tua probably moved up the list, but Brady doesn't look incredible. Like, he needs to get into that area. Like, he's definitely better than Wilson Garoppolo, Wentz, Winston, Mac Jones. He's already made that right leap. Now. Yeah, I mean, he's. Got, I think he's going to be consensus top 10. Like no questions. Like everybody's gonna be like, "Yeah, he was a good pick." Like I, I, I really do. I'm, I'm really buying in on 
Trevor Lawrence. That's what I'm trying to say. Fine hey, stock. For sure. He's, he's got that Andrew Luck kind of, you know, we're, just, we're, he's uh, going to be good. We're adding some shares to the portfolio. That's that's what I'll say. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, hey, I respect that, man. I mean, seriously, he's bona fide. Like, if you're winning with the Jags, I, I got to tip my hat to you. They have not <laughs> had a competent passing offense, and I can't remember when. I, I honestly can't. Even when they were winning, it was like it was on defense and running the ball. Like, oh, and even when they were mediocre, it was like Maurice Jones drew way back. Yeah, early. I mean, where are we going back to like David Gerard, Byron Leftwich, Mark Brunel? Like, no, oh, like Trevor <laughs> Lawrence is probably the best Jags quarterback in NFL history. And I, I don't know, man. Blake Bortles, man. Sorry. Took him to the AFC Championship. I want to give him his his respect. I'm kidding. (laughs) Good grief. Uh, I just can't believe that was a number three pick. (sighs) He he didn't really look like he could play anywhere. No offense to him. It wasn't even just a Jaguars issue. No, yeah. He shouldn't have been been drafted. Anyways, anyways, we're, we're getting off the beat here. Yeah, um, yeah, going to Jags QBs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got, a, I got a question for you, uh, and we briefly touched on it, so I want to circle back. But um, if you're Dan Campbell, what do you do at this point? Um, in the nicest way possible, biting the kneecaps off of everybody on my defense. <laughs> I mean, it, listen, no one could expect a team to drop. You know, average like averaging thirty five points on offense is great. Like to begin the first four games, like the average after the year be nuts. Like first four games is like usually teams start to get going. Like you're trying to figure things out offensively. Like that is just insane. They're doing Have it. the Lions, yeah, be that team that is that great offensively after not really making a whole bunch of additions. Offensively, besides like signing with DJ Chark, Josh Reynolds, but there was just more internal improvement. But I would go beyond that is to say the most surprising thing is a team that averages 35 points being the Lions and they're one in three. How do you how do you do that? Like their defense has to be made up. Of like guys working a nine to five and then coming to the game. It's the <laughs> they got, Detroit they got Kurt like, Warner scanning groceries out there playing safety. <laughs> oh, they, they probably went to like a warehouse and you know and saw some guys in production moving in some boxes. And, hey, these guys can be our linebackers. They look tough. They got that grit. <laughs> it's like, come on. I'm sorry. <laughs> But no disrespect. I just don't understand. I guess there is some disrespect. But <laughs> this, this is, is all disrespect. It's to be, <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be an NFL. Like that's supposed to be the top notch player. <laughs> you're yeah, leaving out. You're leaving out the part that it's not like they're playing. You know the hottest they offense. Played in, they played. They played, played Geno Smith and gave up forty eight points. I, it was like they were playing against the twenty thirteen Seahawks with like prime Russ, Rashad Penny turned into Marshawn Lynch, 
You had DK Metcalf turn to Steve Largent. I I mean, this is <laughs> nothing. The Seahawks showed us this year indicated this. Nothing. Everybody. Yeah, the Seahawks are two and two. <laughs> I, I, they already got more wins than we thought. Yeah, hey, he didn't. Season. He didn't write back. Uh, and yeah, listen, and I guess we have to give credits to like Gino literally looks better than Russ. Like in terms of the trade, it actually looks like Seattle won that trade, which I would have never thought in a million years. Never. Yeah. I, I thought I, that. Look, here's the, here's the, the crazy the part about this game. Uh, one shout out. It was Scorigami. So we always got to shout out Scorigami. Yeah, uh, I love that. I love two. Um, I, 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 you can go check the receipts. I said, I was like, you know, if this was in Seattle, I'd really consider taking him. But it's in Detroit, so I'm going to take the Lions. But I, I, at this point, it's going to be hard to pick the Lions because you can't trust that defense to not give up 50. That's really unfortunate. I mean, it's, That's it's a, really you, they're scoring 35 points a game with Jared Goff. No DeAndre Swift. If you'd have told me that on Friday, that the Lions were going to go into this game without DeAndre Swift or Amon Ross St. Brown and score 45 points, however, have however many yards of offense, and lose, I would have called you the dumbest man in the history of the world. I would have been convinced you're a time traveler at this point because there's no world where you have that good of an offense without your two best offensive players, and you still lose. I don't care what TJ Hawkinson does. Like, how do you – I just – I don't – we can keep harping on the defense and going in circles, but I don't understand where they found these guys to play. I mean, it's like they're they're literally – like, instead of sending 11 guys, they're just laying down some Swiss cheese to play defense for them. <laughs> like, it's uh, – Yeah, I, I had to just totally agree, but, like – yeah, now that both of our it's, rants, let's move on. Our both of our it's, Lions it's defense much. rants are our our Lions defense rants are over. Uh, it's yeah. you know they can but, only go up from here. I guess that's the, the bright side. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unless they fall in another <laughs> hole. That I mean, hey, you know what? Defense, I, I do like that you bring this up, though. We we should change it up. We should we should change our defensive rants. To an offensive rant about how crap the Bears are on offense. Oh my gosh! Dude. How the Giants are definitely the worst three and one team I've ever seen. But I'm not going to hop off the Bears yet because this is what the Bears fans wanted. We want Fields. We man looks like he doesn't look good. I, I'm going to keep blaming their OC for as long as I can. Okay, but like in the same okay. breath, like. They are doing nothing. We've we've harped we've harped on fields a lot. I specifically have. Uh, and, and what's my adage, right? My age old, like, hey, you have two years to start showing some. By year two, if you're not showing flashes, like, it, it Flash. might be. Yeah, he's not flashing. He's <laughs> the battery's dead in the flashlight, man. Like, there's <laughs> nothing here. You keep, they don't trust him to throw the ball. Uh, they're not good at running the ball anymore, apparently. Uh, hey, I will say, though, Darnell Mooney exists. He's alive. He's still on the roster. Let's, you know, give him credit. He actually showed up. Four he had a nice long catch, and that was, like, the one 
play that entire offense made all day. I just, I, 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 I don't even have the energy at this point to. I'll let you do it, but I don't have the energy to rant about the Bears' offense anymore, man. I really don't. <laughs> so go ahead, you can do it. I, as and as much as I would like to just tee off, it almost seems like just kicking a dead horse at this point. Like I, I think even Bears fans understand what's going on. They don't like they don't have anything. They walked away with four field goals for the day against the Giants, who like yeah they're okay defensively, but like, this is like all year everyone's cooking you like you can't throw the ball. You guys get away from the one two. They like couldn't really just do anything. They they'd get kind of in a range. Whether it be like a Mooney play or a little twenty yard thing, and then just stagnant. Like you don't fear this team when they get in the red zone. A lot of times you're kind of questioning what the plan is when they get down there. I've just never seen just such a poor play calling personnel. Like I'm sorry. Like what is inspiring it? Yeah, Darrell Mooney exists. For that's your like four catches for ninety four yards is like the his best day of the seat. That's supposed to be your wide receiver one. Like, it's just so uninspiring. Just I, as a team, I feel bad for fields in that aspect, but also like you put up like Trevor Lawrence, we see in year two is yeah. Christian Kirk's great. I mean, they made some adjustments, but it was relatively the same personnel as last year. And the Jags don't have these like loaded playmakers. You know what I'm saying? Like, if Fields had something, they'd have a couple like his performances that would kind of on the offensive side of all of these get to like twenty some points and like look somewhat competent throwing the football. Like it's just it's bad to watch. It was a game you couldn't really watch, I guess, in terms of like Giants Bears. Like this is so just low scoring battle. And I mean for the Giants, like don't have a whole lot to say other than like it's nice seeing Saquon back. It's nice they have something to kind of lean on in that ground game, but they're no threat. They're they're a very weak three and one team. They're gonna start dropping a lot of games, starting with the Packers next week. And yeah, that that's just my take on the whole game that happened there on Sunday. Yeah, I, I don't have much else to say other than Saquon looks good, man. I'll feed him. That's your only chance. That really is their their only way. It really is saving grace because without Saquon, I, I think that team would have spotted too. It probably would have ended up I like mean, ten to twelve final score. The the fact that I picked the Bears in this game and the Bears played that bad until the end, I was like, hey, you know, there's there's an outside shot. My pick could pull through here. That's a problem for the Giants. That's that's a giant red flag, man. This, if they're going to literally have, like, what, barely 200 yards of offense, roughly, probably a little bit more, but if they're going to barely have that, like, we, we need – you need they to win got, by two or three scores. Like, this is this is not good, man. That was the battle of not, like, who's going to win the game and, like, who's going to lose the game and, like, the Bears are the answer. So inspiring. Yeah, here's, you mean they would take it out. Here's, here's my question. Okay, the Giants are 3-1. and one. I'm going to list off their next 
five or six games. So they got the Packers next week. That's probably a loss, right? And they play the Ravens. Okay, we're three and three. And they play the Jaguars. I don't think they're beating the Jaguars. Three and four. Three and four. But then it goes Seahawks, Texans. I think they could beat both those teams. So now we're five and four right at the halfway point of the year. Uh, and they have to play the Eagles twice on the back half. They got to play the Commanders twice. I got to play the Cowboys again. And the Lions are thrown in there. And the Vikings. And the Colts. That's yeah, seven and ten to me. Eight and nine if they're lucky. We're going to see how big of frauds they are. I, I'm, I'm, they're the worst three and one team I've ever seen. I have to, I have to agree. Yeah, they do not scream to me. We are going to finish the season over 500. Yeah. They still they got to win six more football games. I don't see the Giants doing that. Yeah. I think they just got very lucky in the beginning part of the schedule. And, I mean, quite frankly, we're seeing it with the Texans. We didn't expect them to win many games either. They still are looking for their first win. And, uh, I mean, to be frank, this is probably most like more predictable games of the day. The Chargers rolling on offense. Nice to see Eckler get going a bit. And... For the Texans, it's who we kind of know they are. Davis Mills has some flashes, but then he takes some steps back. I will say Damian Pierce has been great. I think yeah, that's a breakout performance. Happened. Yeah, you got to be happy with what he's been he's, doing. He's taken over the lead role. Uh, the concerns that we voiced on the Waiver Wednesday a couple weeks back, uh, those are long gone. Um, he's, he's the number one running back. I'm not worried. No doubt. And I guess really there's no really worry from the Chargers side of things. I mean, they went into Houston. They took care of business. That offense still looks great. Defensively, they were able to do enough. And, yeah, I, I honestly, I wish I had more to say about this game. But, like, this was the game that was, like, least surprising. And it was like, yep, we kind of knew the Chargers were going to roll. Yep, you know, Texans are bad. And, you know. Hopefully, Chargers keep it rolling. Yeah, I mean, it was good. To, really here, here's the good news for the Chargers: is, is uh, you know, it it was a touchdown heavy performance from Austin Eckler. He did have 110 uh, yards from scrimmage, so it was good to have that level of your offense bounce back because that's what's been missing, uh, especially with Keenan Allen out. Uh, when they've been playing these good teams, the run has not been there for them. And if they can find a way to get that back, uh, they'll go back into playoff contention. But other than that, I, I, the red flag is raised. The panic button is not pressed, though, with the Chargers still in my mind. Yeah, that's a fair assessment, for sure. Um, but they're in their good position, I, I think. I, I think, yeah, like, you got your concerns about them. But, like, they're not, like, drowning or anything like that. At 2-2, two and two, they really they control their own destiny. And it really just kind of, like, just kind of depends who they have in the rest of their schedule. Um, I, I have a question for you. Not to move on quick, but it was the Texans. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah Cooper Rush is now 4-0 and as a starter. At what point do we start talking about keeping him in there even when Dak comes back? I think you got to start talking about it. You know, I think oh, this is such a tough question, to be honest with you. Because logistically, 
speaking, I think until he plays bad almost. At a certain point is when you like have to consider their, playing him. Their offense with Cooper Rush looks the best it's looked in a long time, man. And I know Dak's been injury bugged the last couple of years, but they're rolling through. I mean, they rolled through the commanders, right? Like they they beat up the Giants, right? Like just like they're taking care of business in the division, and with a backup QB, that's I think that is a big deal because those are games that matters, and the fact that your backup QB is really pretty much answering the bell. Yeah, I, really I mean, and, and here's the thing: we're, we're forgetting about that. We're forgetting about that. Night. Yeah, we're or forgetting about Sunday that opening Sunday morning. night where they scored three points and their offense looked horrible against the Bucks. And Dak was the starter. Now, I don't think the Bengals, Giants, or Commanders have a defense that's as good as the Bucks, but they play the Rams next week. So maybe that's the tell. And then they, they go Rams, Eagles. I think that's very that's a very testing thing. Like you get the Rams, Eagles. I think Cooper Rush. If even they need to not win that, like if he's just playing at the level they are, like putting up numbers on offense and such, I don't think it's wise to pull him. I know you have so much money invested in Dak, but like again, if you just see it working, I I don't know what to really tell you. Like that's the that's what the NFL is. Yeah, it's a business, but it's also winning football games. Yeah, I agree. I, ah, yeah. I agree. Tom Brady esque situation here. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying Cooper Rush is Tom Brady, but they paid Drew Bledsoe a lot of money back then. And they yeah, but I don't think Mike McCarthy is Bill Belichick. I don't think he has the the balls to do it. Uh, honestly, in my opinion, I would already have like been thinking about it, and we'll see how the next two weeks go against tougher teams. If it continues like this, dude, that no hesitation, keep playing Cooper Rush. Um, but I don't think the Cowboys, the Cowboys, that just doesn't strike me as their MO. They're just going to give Dak the job because he's being paid more. Which is going to be unfortunate for Cowboys fans if Cooper yeah. Rush turns out to be. Yeah, and Cooper Rush goes know. somewhere else and turns into a star, and, and Dak continues yeah, with the injuries. Yeah, it sounds like the Cowboys actually. Sounds like it's right up the Cowboys alley, you know. But yeah. typical Dallas, yeah. And uh, in typical Jets fashion, they win a game they weren't supposed to win. Ah, dude. In my dude, opinion, dude. Um, dare I say I, I'm kind of buying into Zach Wilson? Like I'm purchasing some shares. And how so? Um, just because like the Jets are they, they, they look look look. I know he threw two interceptions. Um, there's more flashes than Justin Fields. Yeah, here, here's what I'll say. That that's where I'm going with this. Uh, to me, this was a flash game, right? And he had a uh, he had one or two last year. I can't remember what games it. Uh, the Titans game, but I can't remember if he started that game last year. But regardless, uh, that's what I'm going to say. It is year two, you look for the flashes. I, I There were some flashes here. There were some flashes here. Now, Darnold showed flashes with the Jets. 
Uh, and frankly, I think that Darnold should still be a starting quarterback. Now that's a hot take, and we don't have to talk about that right now. But um, and he sucked last year. But uh, I thought Darnold was great with the Jets. I didn't understand why they were moving on. In my opinion, I did not think he was the problem. But the Jets are now two and two. They beat a Steelers team that definitely was heavily favored. I don't know. I'm just um, – I've bought a share or two. That, that's that's what I'm going to say. I'm, I'm curious. I'm definitely intrigued. My my interest After is peaked. the Browns and Steelers thing. Yeah, Jets don't seem like kind of that we're going to roll over them team like I mean, they, they were got in the, years past. They got the Dolphins with Teddy Bridgewater next week. Like – That'll be a very deciding game, I think. Uh, then they go Packers. They'll probably lose that game. But the uh, so. they could beat the – they could beat the Broncos, you know? Uh, and then it's Patriots. Who knows what their quarterback situation is? They'll get rolled by the Bills. But then the rest of their schedule is Patriots, Bears, Vikings, Bills, Lions, Jaguars, Seahawks, Dolphins. They could win six or seven, eight games here, in my opinion. I think that they can beat the Bears. They can beat the Broncos. Uh, they could beat Teddy Bridgewater Dolphins. Um, it's, it's, they, they could beat the Seahawks. That's four more games. That's six wins. Maybe they beat the Patriots with Bailey Zappi. I don't know what their situation will be. But I, this is a team that's now won two games that we were, like, writing them off. So, for me, like, I, I think it's like, okay, we need to start to respect this team from a, from a picking standpoint, a betting standpoint. It's like, okay, these guys are not 0-14 Jets. Like, they're nowhere close. They're, they have taken steps forward. That is very evident. Definitely not the pushover Jets we're used to, I will say. I think six wins would be rather accurate. I mean, 6-11 and 11 does sound, you know, entertainable. Um, which, again, I think is still ahead of the expectation we both had for them this year. But yeah. it, in terms of, yeah, I think we can both agree. The Jets got some optimism. But from the Steelers' aspect... Where do you necessarily go from here? Because my thing with the Kenny Pickett playing, number one, he was fine on the sense of, like, if you took away his three picks, he was perfect. Uh, Okay, so one of those picks is a Hail Mary (laughs) at the end of the game, right? For sure, for sure. Um, Look, here's what I don't understand about Steelers fans is they're begging for this. I mean, begging for it. And he threw three picks and a half, and Mitch has thrown four all year. Right. Uh, and I'm not sitting here defending Mitch Trubisky like, to my deathbed. I think he's a bad quarterback. But what's the – yeah, that's the question. Where do we go from here? Because, like – You can't go back to Trubisky now. No, I don't think you can. And I think that um, – I think that Kenny Pickett provided your offense with a nice spark. I, I would agree with that. But Pickett, I, I don't think he's ready. I don't think anybody thinks he's ready. This is not. This is what I'll say. Is this is not a situation where it's like, oh, we have Roethlisberger uh, in the last year or two of his career. Okay, it, and we're gonna draft this guy. They're they're late on this trend, right? Like they should have picked a guy two or three years in the last couple of drafts rather than this previous one. Right, uh, Mitch Trubisky is not Alex Smith. He's not Brett Favre. 
he's not even Jimmy Garoppolo in the Troy Lance situation, right? Like this is, I am. I see both sides. Uh, you don't want to rush the kid in. Uh, I also wouldn't have thrown him in the fire in the middle of the game, but they needed to get something done. I don't know where you go from here. I really, I, I if you have a suggestion, I, I do actually. I, I, here's my two cents on what I think happened on Sunday in Coach Tomlin's mind. Because personally, I've been under the assumption that I think Pickett personally was like the third best quarterback prospect. I believe Desmond Ritter was the best, uh, or I guess most ready to play in this okay. year. Like, I believe that the fact Mariota still has his job after the inefficiencies that he's shown throwing the ball. Like, Trubisky's, I'm not going to say he's been doing good, but like, there's also been quarterbacks who have been playing worse and still have their job. And the Falcons, who nobody's saying they were going to be contenders at any chance at this spot for an NFC South, you know, crown or anything like that, they have not pulled plug. They have not gone to Ritter. I think Mike Tomlin saw what was happening. How just really just overmatched. Just kind of feels like the Steelers have been this year. Like just without T.J. Watt, like the fact they're so one-dimensional on offense. Mike Tomlin has a harder time being a losing team than the Falcons do. Yeah, no, he, he really does. I mean, pin back to the Lions last year. I, I just, I really do think, though, that he saw what was going on and is like, this is going to be my first losing season. And I think your best way to save face as a head coach, quarterback controversy, you don't know. I, I didn't know who my guy was. I didn't know uh, Trubisky was in that. He, he was brought in by the general manager. They signed him. He stunk. So They're not. Work. I don't think that Tomlin's anywhere close to the hot seat, though, dude. I ain't saying he's close to the hot seat. I'm saying as as smart and as great a coach as he is, he's like, well, I'm not taking the fall for this crap team that was put together. Uh, it, might as well. I don't think this team's. He's a smart guy. He realizes this team's not going anywhere. They're not going to contend for anything this year. Even if they scrape into the playoffs, they'll get bounced. Just like yeah, they did I mean, year. I think the, I think the so rationale. I think he's, is... he's all in on. He's. I think he's not saying he's trying to tank. He's trying to win games and look good. But he's like, we have no reason to play Trubisky. None. Even if we're playing no. pick it early. And yeah, he's I agree. He's not the guy we earlier. He's like, ah, well, well, screw it. You know, if we're losing the Jets. We might as well just throw our rookie in there because at this point, yeah. he could lose anybody. Trubisky has in four weeks. He proved that he's not going to be a franchise guy, and Pickett still has a chance to prove that, and he has a longer leash because he's a rookie. So, yeah, I didn't understand from day one the rationale of let's not play Pickett at all this year. Uh, That didn't last very long as we saw, but, yeah, I agree. I think that Tomlin just was like, yeah, we need something offensively. We need a spark, and – well, they got it. I mean, he scored twice, but yeah. It's I, I, very, yeah. What are you going to do? I, I really think this is going to be a tough year for the Steelers. I really do. I, 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 I concur. Pick, pick it is getting played way too early. That's why that's my thing. The only reason you're playing them this early is because you think it's going to be a lost season regardless. I and agree so with that's, that. That's what, that's what we're going with. So that, that'll be the last game, though, for our noon slates. Um, we're moving on to the uh, afternoon window, if you will. 
And uh, quite honestly, another game I, I would say was pretty predictable was uh, the one that happened in Carolina. I mean, figured the Cardinals would win. They won mediocrely, I'd say. They didn't light the you know roof on fire in terms of how they played. But uh, Baker still looks like crap. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, the Panthers, it seems like it's going to be an uphill battle for this team to get over 20 points a game. McCaffrey's and, back in the receiving game, though. I'll say that. And uh, that's fantastic. But I would almost argue to that point of you have available, like a healthy, available Christian McCaffrey. And this team is like really bad offensively. So I think the solution to that is Play like, Darnold. Yes. Darnold is hurt still. He's not medically cleared to go. I think the second he is, if Baker doesn't turn it around in the time that it takes for Darnold to heal up, he needs to go. Uh, plain and sick. He needs to go right to the bench where he would have been with the Brown. <laughs> and you give Darnold a shot because it's just who oh. was the guy they drafted to? They drafted a quarterback too. They did draft Matt Corral. Yeah, that's his and name. And he's 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 a guy that you know could be a guy. Um, he could be honestly, a guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think anything's better than. I think before I think honest to God though, I think before any of this happens, um, Matt Rule needs to be fired. Oh yeah, I think after the season he might be gone. Especially uh, if he's supposed to be his offensive guru. I don't know if he makes it that long. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I on the flip side of him. it, too, Cliff Kingsbury needs to be fired, and he won't be. And he just signed some extension, and so did the GM. Um, yeah, the, the Cliff Kingsbury, that's just ridiculous. They're so bad for no reason either. I know they don't have DeAndre Hopkins, but like he's not. Oh, it's, it's, you it's got Marquise Brown. That Cardinals team should be. I mean, on paper, a lot better than they are. That's yeah. they, they should. They got the team. They got the guys. Uh, I, I know they lost Shanley Jones, but I'll say this: I'm selling my shares of Kyler. Like we're we're trying to get rid of him because he's like, he's going down. Yeah, and it's only getting worse once a new cod drops. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, exactly. It's Modern Warfare Two is like two or three weeks away. Like, oh, yeah. you know, he's falling off a cliff when that happens. So we got to at least mm-hmm. be, you know, I mean, last year they were like seven and zero. Oh, so it was like, oh, okay, like they'll make the playoffs regardless of what happens after this happens. But now they're two and two. So, oof. Yeah, not not a uh, not a fun day for I really think really bold teams. It's like, yeah, the Cardinals won, but. Nothing inspired me. Nothing. It's a pedestrian, pedestrian game, for sure. Very pedestrian afternoon game. Um, I, I want to hear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I, not some. I'll move on, but uh, yeah, yeah. We yeah. had a game: Bills and Ravens. Uh, two AFC juggernaut, juggernauts. Oh at this my point. gosh, we missed that. Yeah, uh, I guess I missed that. Well, I mean, it's afternoon. I, I, or was I, it? Yeah, I just went to the afternoon, and it, that was the noon. Um, game. Bills and Ravens. I picked the Ravens. You picked the Bills. Um, great pick, rain game. But what do we learn? What do we learn here? Uh, that Josh Allen is kind of like a running back. <laughs> um, I mean, he tried to do his little Lamar impression, and it worked. I mean, they won the game. Um, 
the Ravens ultimately made more mistakes. But, like, that was kind of, I feel like, well, not honestly what we expected. I think it was, honestly, I kind of expected more higher scoring considering both defenses. It was, are it was, another, uh, it was another hurricane rain game. Yeah, and I understand the elephants, yeah, or elephants, <laughs> elements will affect that. But, yeah, I, the fact that ultimately it was a, more of a defensive slugfest and, Bills got it done. I mean, yeah, I predicted that. I did think they were the better team. But, you know, on the road in Baltimore against – I don't think – I guess my major takeaway is I don't think either team can be, like, extremely upset. Like, yeah, you want to win the game. But as the Ravens, like, that's probably going to be one of the top Super Bowl picks for the FC in the Bills. And you just lost by three points to them. Yeah, I know you're at home. Yeah, I know they could have played better. Um, but I think that really that's a game that can go either way on any day. Yeah, ultimately, it's, if it's in a I, dome, if it's in snow, if it's a clear day, it, those elements probably change a lot. I think they'll see um, each other again. Um, I could see it as well. This was a great game. Come from, come from behind game by Buffalo. Bounce back from the Miami loss that they shouldn't have lost. Um a little disappointed in Baltimore. They got out 14-0, and I was like, dang, this this could get ugly, right? Like, the rain game, Bills can't throw the ball very well, and the Ravens are so good at running the ball. A um, little disappointed that they kind of just tapered off. No points in the second half. Just, uh, yeah, I, I think the Ravens lost this game more than the Bills won the game, I guess. I just, That's a fair analysis for sure because, yeah, the Bills didn't shock me or be like, oh, was, they're rolling. You know, it was just. No, I mean, he only threw for 213 it was, yards. It was you a know. battle. It was a battle. Um, Lamar didn't look. Uh, I guess you could say, I mean, he 144, a touchdown, and two interceptions. That that does hurt the MVP race, but the, I think he's still the front runner, honestly. I, I still do. I mean, he had 70 yards rushing again. Like, as long as he doesn't have a really bad week next week, you know, he really can't do yeah. that again. We can really pin uh, it on the rain. Um, but this yeah. game was the difference. Uh, you are one up on me for the week. This in the Chiefs, but uh, yeah, that that was that one hurt. That one, that one definitely hurt. But um, we both, however, we both saw the Raiders taking down the Broncos. Which, yeah, that. Ultimately, if the Raiders didn't win this, I just were they even a football team anymore? Like, yeah, we we would have rode them off the planet. Yeah, and even then, it's like, ah, they just dug such a big hole, and it's kind of like for what? Because it's even saw it in like the the early games, like they were just kind of like finding ways to lose. They showed signs of like being a really good team, and I don't know. So think they can be. I think they could go on a roll here, but. It's tough when you're just already one and three. Like you just got your first win to get that division. Win. Division win know. though. Let's let, let's read the Raiders' schedule. How about it? Oh, they play the Chiefs next week on Monday night. Never mind. Their season's over. Yeah, yeah, I see. It, it's uh, it's like it's still bad. You know, you know I mean. I mean, after that like, though, after that they'd be one and four. Texans, Saints, Jaguars, Colts. Broncos, Seahawks. 
But like again, even they just like could the win every one of those games. But they most likely are probably gonna like split. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's, it's, they're it's, just too far behind at this point. They're too unless far they unless they go on a roll through October and November, uh, it's gonna be hard to make the playoffs. It it really is like it is. But uh, looking at the rest of their schedule, I think it, it it's still there. It, the The possibility is still there based on some mediocre November and October matchups. They got to play the Chiefs again in Week 18. Uh, that probably will be deciding their fate, which is not a good look. But they also have a December game against the Patriots and the Steelers, which I think are still winnable games for them as well. So, like, I don't know. It's valid. It's, again, they're winnable. I'm not writing them off, and I don't think uh, I pressed. Yeah. I, I don't think I pressed the panic button either. Oh, um, I'm not. My uh, hand is hovering. You know, yeah, it's, it's hovering. Yeah, it's a really good way to put it. Two like, more losses. If it's if it's two and four, no. If it's two and five four. or one and, four, one and four, yeah, but yeah. it's the Chiefs. So at that point, I'm expecting them to get to one and four. So I'm not going to press the button when they lose that game. <laughs> oh, so, that's, a, that's a really tough start for them. You know who I am pressing the button for? Like hammering it as many times as possible. Denver. Yeah, rightfully so. With uh, yeah, really, uh, rightfully uh, so. offense already looked bad. Uh, Russ is still cooking ramen, and now Javante Williams tore his ACL. Yeah, that's. Uh, and Melvin Gordon has fumbled four times in four games. Oof. He's literally playing on arcade mode Madden right now. So wow. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's kind of nuts. I mean, to consider the fact that like this was supposed to be their guy, and they look like the same Denver team, like that we've been seeing. Uh, past they look, years. they look worse. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe it's the yeah. higher expectations, but yeah, gosh, they are just. I mean, who's on their they schedule? Got, they got some questions, kind of all over the place. Russell Wilson didn't play. Bad, but he also wasn't again very inspiring, especially losing to a team that granted we all think the Raiders are better than 0 3, but you did, and it was a division game. And I know they still got two Chiefs games coming up, so yeah, outlook for the Broncos. They still have two Chiefs and two Chargers left. Yeah, it's in my eyes just as dim as the Raiders. I think just. The Raiders are definitely a better oh, team. I think it's more dim than the Raiders, man. I'm, I'm just going to harp this down. I, I mean, they, they got a game up at least, sitting at 2-2. Two and two, Yeah, but they just lost to the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. It's just... I. The, when the Raiders played the Chargers, and they played the... Did they play the Chiefs yet? No, they played... Uh, when, when the Raiders... when the Yeah, the Raiders have lost close games. Uh, including the Chargers. When the Chargers play the Broncos, they will blow them out. Yeah. And that's why I'm more concerned. Uh, the the panic button is being slammed. The pencil is being picked up to write them off. Uh, we will decide if we are writing them off. Um, and I don't I, need, I don't. Broncos, that's We will decide next week uh, after Thursday. If they lose to the Colts on Thursday night, I'm signing the check. 
uh, and sending it into the IRS and then showing them my losses. I mean, honestly, I think you got to do that for you. Like, whoever loses that Broncos or Colts for you, like that's a great gonna, point too. I got a lot like, riding. Jeez, dude, yeah, Thursdays. Colts lose that. I mean, oh man, you're writing them off oh, as well. Like, man, very oh man. One. Love to see it. Um, just because I'm surprisingly, we're, we're seeing we're we're getting kind of short on time, and we kind of got the Packers Patriots game, which was wild, and I know we're gonna have a lot to talk about. So just a quick alert. I mean, because you know, check check Audible, check Audible Omaha. Um, I know we usually record this on Sunday night, so we technically wouldn't have the prime time score of what happened, Chiefs Buccaneers as well as what's going to happen tonight with 49ers Rams. So if you're cool with it, I'm thinking we just push that into our Wednesday and, you know, run our segments, stuff like that. And yes. Honestly, yeah. we, we just can stop just, the Packers we, going to – We can finish – yeah, finish strong because ultimately any Packers win is a good win. But yeah. we got some things to talk about. We so because I'll go I'll, I'll go first. Yeah, here. I would like to hear your thoughts. I, I'll go first. Yeah. I just I think the game was weird. I'm like I'm not always sure what happened, but yeah, I gotta hear your thoughts. Um, number one, it's the first thing I want to say. Uh, Bailey Zappi, actually, I I saw all the the TikToks, the memes, whatever about uh, Bailey Zappi potentially becoming the next Brady. Some guy nobody's ever heard of comes in and. Um, takes over for them. Well, then I, you know, I was like, oh, well, it's not going to happen. Brian Hoyer is going to start. You know, I don't know why they're doing that. I would start the rookie just in case, but whatever. Well, then Brian Hoyer goes down and it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> is this really about to happen to us? And it did. It actually did to like happen. Uh, he looked really good. The offense was like rolling with him. So I, I don't, I, I can't explain it, honestly. Uh, I don't know how the Packers won this game. I, I actually I do know how, and it is the defense. The defense, defense wins championships, and that's what we saw. This is a new era of Packers football. Um, we win games with our defense now, and I'm not complaining. The W is a W. Uh, Romeo Dobbs looks great. I don't care if he dropped that touchdown. Uh, to, to answer the question, yes, Devontae does not drop that touchdown. Yes, okay. <laughs> To answer all of everybody's questions, uh, yes, we are missing a wide receiver one. However, uh, Dobbs looked great. Christian Watson scored a touchdown. Like We're very young in the receiver room right now. And uh, as the year goes on, I, I'd like to see some breakouts. But we'll see. We will see. Uh, Aaron Jones rolling. DJ Dillon rolling. Run game rolling. Rodgers is becoming a little more of a game manager, which is what we said we needed to do if we were going to win games this year. Uh, and like I said, defense wins championships. Defense has uh, won us this game. We escaped. Um, I'm not concerned about the Packers, for those of you asking. So, yeah, you can go ahead. But that's uh, – shout out Bailey Zappi. Good performance. I mean, you look good, man. Like that's, that's... – ditto that a lot of what you said in the sense that Bailey Zappi definitely performed. He uh... – Patriots, they moved the ball. They definitely did not play to the uh, like ten point underdog Vegas was giving them. But I will point out, Aaron Rodgers throwing a pick six, very rare. So you can take seven of that. Well, probably would have been off the board. Like 
our defense in theory. That is true. Only, only gave, gave up, up 17. 17. But even that touchdown to Devontae Parker was kind of garbage considering that was a delay game. And it kind of seemed like even some of our defenders eased up a bit in tents of. Like, that was a, a blown delay game call. You heard Tony Romo saying in the broadcast, like, they usually give them, like, a little bit extra time once that clock is zero. But, like, it was at zero. And so, like, I'm not going to be the guy that's like, oh, we got screwed because we still won the game. But, like, I'm not really going to fault the defense for getting burned on a play that shouldn't have even happened. And, and to that aspect, even with that play on the day, they still played phenomenal. So that's great to see as a Packers fan. Like you said, it's a new era of Packer football. But ultimately, like you touched on with the receivers being so young and Rodgers being game manager so far in this year. And we're winning games and looking good while doing it. I just think the offense is – and again, you would think most teams throughout the year will improve. But that's not always the case, just due to the fact that a lot of teams might have been set, you know, in terms of veterans and whatnot, like kind of know who they are. The Packers, I feel like, are only going to get better in the sense that Romeo Dobbs is only going to get more comfortable. Christian Watson is only going to get more comfortable. You see how much, like, his jet motions and whatnot, Christian Watson scored on one of them. Like, that's a really key part in the offense is seeing those moving parts. And I, I really have to say, like, the sky's kind of the limit. Like, yes, Rodgers is a game manager right now, but the only thing that's, like, missing from our team is being able to stretch the field vertically. And yeah. it's not that we don't have guys that have the ability to do it. It's getting on the same page with Rodgers, getting that chemistry, that trust that, all right, I'm open, you can hit me, I'm going to bring down those tough balls like the one Dobbs didn't and the one that Christian Watson dropped back in week one. Like The plays are there to be made. They're just not being made yet. But the fact that they're there already this early in the season, I think, is very scary for the rest of the NFL. I think if those plays start to click, especially start – you know, come playoff time, we're just hot and rolling. This could be like well, oh, and here's man. here's the reality. I, I like to get ahead of myself. I might you are. Myself. I'll shut you down a little bit. You are going to look ahead of yourself. I, but here's oh. here's the here's the reality. And we said this uh, after week one. We said if the Packers can beat the Bucks, they'll be six and one uh, because our next three games are the Giants, Jets, and Commanders. Okay, like we That's will be. Layups. Um, now you can say we had a sweat with the Patriots, but we should win all three of these games. And if we don't, okay. Uh, then we play the bills, which should be a really good test. Um, I can't tell if that's a, I think that's a Sunday night game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we lost that game, honestly, but, but who knows, right? Uh, right. it's, you still have two games against the lions, which should be wins, but you never know because they score 70 points a game. Uh, you have another game against the bears, the Vikings rematch in Lambeau, uh, and, the Packers are going to be in the playoff picture. It's just a matter of where is the offense come January. Um, and time will tell. I don't have an answer for that. I'd love to think as positively as you do, but these guys are still going to be rookies in January. You know, Sometimes it takes longer than one season to find your groove. But you never know. Sometimes, I mean, look at Justin Jefferson, look at Jamar Chase. Sometimes it's not. Uh, and that's uh, Yeah, I think what I'm looking at is just the recent examples of, like, rookies just – rookie receivers especially catching on so quick. And you have some cases where they just don't. 
like yeah. a Jalen Rieger, and that's just the prime example that comes to mind. There's more yeah. of them. Um, I I just have to. Yes, I'm gonna hear you that yeah, I'm probably jumping the gun a bit considering it's only week four. But I I will say like I I know Pack fans call that's OT and Patriots third string that. The way that game played out, game flow, the underestimation of the Patriots, I feel like is something that needs to be said. No matter who's on that roster being coached by Bill Belichick, they find it never ways hurts to, to win close games, game. man. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm not upset with especially it. with a young offense too. To find a way to pull it out, to have that drive, to go down and win the game with Mason Crosby, like that is experience, um, and. The reality is, is we probably shouldn't have won the game, and we found a way to. Yeah, and ultimately, three and one is all I care about. So, Onwards to four and one. I know we got to go to London, and you know, I don't like the fact that it's. And again, I, I'm probably only touching on this now because it's happening in my team, but the fact that it's like one of our home games is in London. I'm like, stick out to a team that like doesn't have people show up to their stadium, man. You know that's, how many people come to Lambert? That's very like, true. Like that's that's the NFL. Is that our home game? Oh, like stick that with the I did Giants. see I did see this is the first time ever a London game has had uh two winning teams playing. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, that's yeah, I don't know why we're playing London. Save that for the crap shoot of the NFL. I don't know. I just I feel for the players because just from what I've heard it's it's rough. It, I don't. Rough. I don't it know is. why they do it. Because I, I, I just, I just feel like it's a dead. We can have this discussion maybe in the off season or something, but I just feel like it's dead market. Like, I, you know what? I, I have a hard time saying that though, because the stadium was full for the Vikings game. Yeah, I know it's, you know, dead market. But for, it just, it, it's well, definitely dead market for you know American teams. Like, American and you can't. Fans. And the weird part is, is you can't play them on Monday. Or Thursday, because then it's like, okay, they're literally, you can't play them on a different day. Cause, it has to be Sunday, right? Yeah, it has it's to be a Sunday. Time, zone. time zones no and travel. Monday or Thursday morning. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, are we going to put a team over there? Doing. Like, is that is that the goal here? Are we going to put an NFL team in London? Like, is that, what's the end goal, I guess, is my question. Like, are you gonna yeah, get fifty three yeah. guys to sign up to living over there and playing American football from London and traveling that far every Very week? True. Very. Yeah. That I. Yes. That is one hundred percent. I think the biggest like hiccup is how how would that even? It's not like Toronto with the Raptors, where like you're. You know, yeah, it's right there. It's it's yeah. like a change of life. Like you can't ask a team that's living over there to make like the amount of like jet lag for every game they have to it's just not realistic like at all really a team in mexico would make more sense when they played that it was yeah and it's not and it's not like it and it's not like the nba either where it's like yeah you can roll out the ball and play back-to-back nights and then be in different cities every night and playing because it's the nba is demanding but it's demanding for different reasons you know um, sure. you don't have to wait a week to play your next game. So I I don't know what the end goal is in terms of like the NBA will be like, oh, we're going to try and make the game international. Like, yeah, because you have international prospects that play – people around the world play basketball, and you have guys like Luca, guys like Giannis who are international prospects who come to America 
to play professional football. So maybe that's the end goal. Maybe it's 20 years down the line. We want a more uh, diverse NFL with European and Asian and Mexican and Canadian, you know, different continents of NFL prospects. Yeah, but, right. but, the, the, but then what I would say to that is all those countries have uh, professional leagues. There's prof- European professional basketball. There's European, you know, even baseball, right? So I think that if this is this, and we're getting way ahead of ourselves in the discussion here, but if this is what the point of the London games is, is to grow the game, then there needs to be some sort of like, maybe you put the XFL in Europe, right? Like, hey, yeah, put like it's a minor league, league out something out in Europe. Mental league is something they've needed for a long time. You know, I, and I'm just spitballing. I, I think honestly, that's a good talking point. We should write it down and save it. Um, for the off season or you know something, yeah, but really um, though, because they need like a G League type thing. Yeah, it, I think that would go. I, a long di- way. I digress. I just don't understand the point. But um, with all that being said, um, this week we debuted uh, what we called fantasy frenzy. Um, and while the results are not final yet, um, it's pretty clear who's going to end up winning. Um, are you updated on the score yet at all, or no? I have no idea. Okay. I know some of my guys hit and some of my guys missed that. So, um, John, it's, it's a draft. Players. It's a draft style. Uh, we'll go position by position. So I had Josh Allen. You had Jalen Hurts. Josh Allen scored twenty three points. Hurts was just fifteen. Uh, then you had Taylor, who scored three points, uh, and I had Nick Chubb as my RB one, who scored twenty. Uh, then you had McCaffrey, who had his best week of the year, twenty five points. And I had Jamal Williams, who scored 23. Uh, You still have Cooper Cup remaining. Uh, And then I had Diggs as my receiver one, who struggled with just 10 points. Your receiver two was Tyreek Hill. He scored 26. Uh, A.J. Brown was my receiver two. He had 14. However, your big, what's going to end up costing uh, your team was Mark Andrews had three points. And Kelsey had 24. Uh, And then I cashed in big. On the Austin Eckler uh, Houston matchup, thirty-five point big ones from Austin Eckler. Saquon was your flex, solid eighteen points. Uh, Young Hoku, I had him. Uh, he had twelve. You had Gano with nine. I still have the Niners defense. You had the Packers. They scored eight, uh, and you still have Cooper Cup. But as it stands right now, uh, I am leading one hundred and sixty-three to one hundred and nine with the Niners defense remaining, and you have Cup. Holy. 163. <laughs> yeah. I had a pretty good week. Uh, this might, this one, this yeah. record might stand for a little bit in terms of highest scoring week. But yeah, I, yeah. This team played. Dogs. I'll say this: this team played better than all my real fantasy teams. Gosh. Ah, uh, yeah. I and ironically, I've had my actual teams play better than the one I handpicked. I have everybody available. <laughs> Mark oh, no. Andrews, Jonathan Taylor combining for six, six points. That is a yeah. I could, have, I could have picked another defense for both of them and gotten the same production. Like that is flabbergast. Like just I don't even know. To be fair, is. though, I don't know if there's a combination of players. I mean, I'm sure there is, but. I don't know if there's a combination of players of guys that I don't have that could have outscored me. 
I'm exactly. sure you could find it, but I have yeah, like, he had a lot of high guys. Like Jamal Williams was like top five performance. Eckler was number one. Kelsey was number one. Uh, Josh Allen was probably top five, and Chubb was top five. At the what a nice call positions. on that Jamal Williams pick. That really was, dude. Imagine if you know what over. you could have done. You could have picked T.J. Hawkinson. I could have. And that would have helped me so much more. Yeah, that would have given you That's basically I mean. four points. Be interesting because for those who don't know, we can't reuse players in consecutive weeks. Yeah, so we can't pick anybody that was used this week. Neither one of us can pick. We're going to have a complete new look team. Um, which which that's, when, that's when the strategy starts to get like, yeah. Real. Granted, yeah, the following week, some of these guys might be unlocked, but like, I mean, who knows? After the way, like Jonathan Taylor and yeah, Mark Benjamin are like, I don't know if I'm gonna want to use them again. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, like I'm not taking. Uh, I'll say this: as soon as Swift's back, like I know Jamal Williams has been great, but I'm not taking him again. Like I only took that because he was a lock, because they had nobody else. Which, in hindsight, should have been the logic with T.J. Hawkinson as well. But um, yeah. hindsight is twenty twenty. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, with that being said, uh, the last thing we have to cover um, is our winners and losers so far this year. Um, this could be a coach. This could be a GM. This could be a player. Uh, it could be a fan base even. Um, so who, who's your, who's your, we'll go winners first. Who, who's your winners? We're gonna alternate. Who's your who's your one of your big who's your biggest winner so far? Biggest winner of the twenty twenty two. NFL season, I, I think personally the Doug Peterson story is interesting just due to the fact like he was out of coaching. Everyone thought this guy was not head coach, that the Eagles thing was a fluke. And ultimately it just kind of shows the mismanagement of that Eagles organization. And like you've seen Andy Reid leave there and still be a great coach. I think the fact that he's doing well with the Jags, he extended his coaching career for a very long time. And uh, that's a big winner to me. I, I mean, quite that's, honestly. That's who I had. I had uh, I had Trevor Lawrence written down for receiving Doug Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> very, <laughs> uh, really, both of them. I mean, uh, touche is because I had pretty much no expectations for both of those guys, so. The fact they're performing very well is shocking. Yeah. Sure. Uh, my number one winner uh, outside of Trevor Lawrence is actually AJ Brown. Yeah, that's um, a good call I, I think that the Titans are big losers on that one. I don't have them written down, but AJ Brown asking out of Tennessee or asking for, for for more money, getting dealt to a better team where he gets the ball more in a more consistent passing offense that is now 4 and 0. Um yeah, that's that's a W for AJ Brown, man. Uh same thing for Jalen Hurts getting a getting a clear-cut wide receiver one to pair with Devonta Smith, who kind of struggled last year. So, yeah. AJ Brown, um solid uh it's a great day to be AJ Brown. Great year to be AJ Brown. Yeah, and an Eagles fan, really. They got they got yeah. happy what they got going on over there. Um, another winner. I mean, personally, it's it's gotta be Lamar's bank account. Like, <laughs> yeah. if, if being honest, he betted on himself. 
and you know he had a tough week last week. That's going to pay off. That really is. He's about to reset the quarterback market again. Well, I think the cap's going up too. Yeah, he's about to get a boatload of money. And when you're making that much money and you the talks of an MVP race, yeah, it screams winner to me, even though they lost on Sunday. Yeah, that's that's a pretty solid pick. Um, I have a combined here for my final two winners. Um, I have an honorable mention, but I'm just going to say the city of New York. Um, mm. two, really, two really good uh, hires in the previous two years, in my opinion, who are turning around poverty franchises, uh, starting with the Giants to start 3-1, and one, regardless of how bad the teams they play it is. This is something that they they would not have been three and one uh, with last year's team with the exact same scenario against these bad teams. Uh, they've clearly taken a step in the right direction. Uh, are they? Do we think they're fraudulent? Yes. I, I mean, we've had our Giants discussions, but I still think that uh, they have the right staff, and it's a win. Uh, hiring Brian Dable, the D coordinator, I forget his name right now. Uh, it's it's a win. Same thing for the Jets. Uh, they are not zero and sixteen contenders anymore. As we just discussed, they could easily win six, seven games. They knocked off the Steelers this week. Who would have thought that, right? Like this is prime Mike Tomlin. Oh, we have a poor team, but we're going to grind out this team. You know these wins just to get to mediocrity, right? No, yeah. the Jets knock them off. Uh, we we can have our Zach Wilson discussions as the year go on, but uh, Garrett Wilson looks to be a good find in the draft. Brees Hall looks to be a good find in the draft, and. Robert Saleh looks to be turning the culture around. They've already won more games this year than they did all of that. Uh, I don't know if that's true. But uh, to be 2-2, two and two, something I don't remember the last time the Jets were even close to 2-2. Two two. It might have been the Mark Sanchez era. So uh, the city of New York is uh, – New York football is on the rise for the first time in the, probably a decade since Eli Manning was around. Yeah, that's uh, a fair a – fair winner and yeah we're saying so far in the season so even if I think the rest of the season it could be a roller coaster-esque for the two teams yeah we gotta acknowledge what credit's due and yeah New York fans got something to root for for now um in terms of disappointments I would because again we're looking objective as to expectation um so I'm not looking at guys that were like trying to prove something and just prove they weren't. We're just looking at a, you know, objective. I would think the Raiders have to be like as a team. I have Josh McDaniels on my list. I and see and that's fair in that sense. I mean I, I think I personally I think dude always stunk, so I wasn't expecting that's, him to be good. Fair. I just thought the Raiders like even with his poor coaching, would still make it out 500. I, I thought that offense looked great last year. I thought putting Devontae Adams in there with the, his college quarterback was going to be a great idea. And yeah, I, I really thought they were just going to, you know, figure something out. But uh, that does not seem to be the case. And, yeah, you can elaborate on the Daniels hire more if you want. Yeah, I just think he's the loser here. How do you how do you go to a team that uh, made the playoffs last year with everything that happened? Uh, let, let's reca- do a quick uh, minute long recap of 
the 2021 Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, starting with their star wide receiver, rookie, uh, goes 156 miles an hour, and he's never going to play football again. Uh, then their coach gets fired because he's found out to have been sending cheerleaders, uh, you know, we don't even need to go down that road, but Gruden gets fired for everybody knows why. They still find a way. Their interim head coach wins like, I think he went like seven and four or something like that. They still yeah. find a way to win 11, 10, 11 games, make the playoffs. Uh, we all remember the, the tie game for the Chargers or whatever, but they make the playoffs and it's like, oh my gosh, Hunter Renfro has a breakout season all this stuff, and it's like, okay, all they need is a head coach. And, and, and then they add Devontae Adams. All they need is a head coach, and they're going to be contenders. They're going to be incredible, right? Josh McDaniel shows up. They're 1-3, and three, man. They were 0-3. Oh so it's like, what? what's the – he's supposed to be this offensive guru. He's barely getting the ball to Devontae through the first three weeks. He finally had a bounce-back game in week four. Derek Carr doesn't look great. Hunter Renfro's nowhere to be – Found. I mean, he fell off the the side of the earth. Like really I, tough. Uh, and he was he looked like a star wide receiver one towards the end of last year. So it's just like the only thing that's changed there is Josh McDaniels, and I think that he's going to be the first one to go uh, if this continues down this path. And as much as I believe he does deserve to be the first one to go. Unfortunately, him being the first-year head coach, he might just get that leash to, like, survive. And then they have to put up with him again for another season. It's like, uh, I know this guy can't coach. Well, he was bad in Denver, too. Like, it's just, uh, just, yeah. Not a fan. And honestly, I think uh, in terms of player disappointments, got to go with Baker Mayfield. And that's just yeah. in the sense that, like, I thought going to a team, like, you, if you trade for a guy, it usually means you have a plan. And I thought the plan was to utilize him with, he has a trio of DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, um, and I think Caffrey. Like Chris Marshall. Yeah, and I mean, Caffrey, I was thinking they're, they got a decent receiving core there. But they clearly got, yeah, a star in McCaffrey. It's, the rest, like the rest of the team, like the defense unit seems solid. I, I was like, well, hey, you know, May Baker, like on this team, could you know at least I like made like contention. Like I think even the beginning here with like sleeper team with the Panthers, like could maybe just make a little bit of noise. And they look like crap. Like just through the first four weeks, and even though, like they're in some of these games, not because of Baker and Mayfield, like kind of in spite of. And for a guy that's was a first overall pick, I, I don't want to say I've defended, but I've also been like, well, it's not as bad. Like he shouldn't have gotten kicked out of Cleveland. Like I think that Baker's biggest loss this year, honestly, is the court of public opinion. Um, I was in the boat when he was in Cleveland. Like, oh, he's not the problem. Like he's elevated them. He looks good. Like he's been. He deserved. He shouldn't have been. I still think he should shouldn't have been run out of Cleveland. But uh, he's lost the court of a public opinion in terms of, like, he's a good quarterback because he's not. It's, he's made that very evident. Uh, and then you go look at Jacoby Brissett and the Browns still being decent, and it's pretty easy to see, like, why he was successful there. And it's because the roster they've built is surprisingly good. 
for the Browns, like could based on histor- history, like they're for sure. Like they're deep, man. They got a good defense, solid receiving core. Like, um, yeah, that's a good one. Baker's a good one. Um, the other biggest loser I have on here, Cliff Kingsbury. Um, ah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of already hopped on it or harped on it, so I'm not going to say much, but I just. Broke usually 4 0 by this point. Yeah, the, like, this is when know, they're supposed to be good and they're not. Yeah. And that's why I'm concerned because not much is different down there and they just they don't look good. Man, that's the bottom line. They don't look good. Yeah, that's hey, it's a team that's especially on offense, you're supposed to be like he's supposed to be like revolutionary. I mean, coming in is Supposed to bring in this air raid offense, with Kyle Murray, and go all over teams, and that's just not been the case. Well, and they've they were what like seven and zero last year, and looked unstoppable. Like they've looked good under his reign or regime, and it's like you can make the Call of Duty jokes, but it's like somewhere last year on the back half, I don't know if they got figured out offensively, and it, everybody's just copycatting the same style of game plan against them or what, but like. They just regressed from where they were the midpoint of last year, and they have not recovered. And I don't know why, what happened, what changed, but they're like, I don't even know if they're 500 since that point of being 7-0. It, it, that's probably a really good point. I actually don't think they are. Like Which, I, that, That's I, a long time to be underwhelming, yeah. especially considering they just – Gave Kyler Murray quite the payday. Uh, but I think, honestly, as the season goes on, there's probably going to be more and more clear-cut winners and losers. So far, this is just what we've got. Honorable mention for the loser, Kenny Galladay. Don't need to say much, but he's just trash, man. Yeah, so. yeah. It's, he said as much as he's really done, um, and considering he gets paid like <laughs> the, the dude took like two snaps. In week two, I mean that's yeah. just impressive, man. That's, that is that's oh, I that is I impressive. With that level of theft, getting paid like a million dollars per snap. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't that. What is that guy's game check? Oh my gosh, man's out here playing GTA. Right. Yeah, bro. He's, I, I can't even he's believe he's Roman Los Santos robbing people. He's robbing the Giants. Off heists. <laughs> He's doing the casino mind. heist. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Uh, is that the worst? We, we're long on time, but I think it, in recent memory, it's the by far the worst free agent signing. It's up there. It's up where, with like Albert Hainsworth, so the world. and I, I, yeah, I almost have to go back in history to like compare his... When you're getting like literally absolutely nothing from a guy, I, I can't defend that. Yeah, like we're we're we're, we're counting how many millions he gets a snap. Like you got to be kidding me. <laughs> that's that's so. He has never that. scored a touchdown in a Giants uniform. Oh man, yeah. It, again, it really doesn't make sense. It's the way it went down. 
He's supposed to be so much better. Yeah, I, I expected. I expected better. Like he looked good in Detroit. That's the weird part. Is yeah. like, it's yeah, like, oh, that's Detroit, not a bad. Like, like yeah, he's probably a little overpaid, but they're desperate for a receiver. Like that's not a bad. Like I could see him being a good wide receiver one, or at worst, like one point five. You know, like yeah, like a Christian Kirk, really. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, it's, uh, it's not been the case, man. Maybe, maybe you know what Kenny Galladay? Kenny Galladay screams Randy Moss in Detroit, or in Oakland. Sorry, in Oakland. That's what he screams to me right now. If he gets another opportunity, yeah. Well, there's that. Maybe the Packers (laughs) sign him to the vet minimum. Never know. I would. I would not mind it. I would really not mind it. But anyways, anyways, we should wrap it up. We're going long. as always, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back uh, Wednesday night to recap the Sunday night and Monday night football games and um, do our picks for Fantasy Frenzy Week 5 and uh, yeah, do our picks are... for next week because we're not uh, – I would start tail – I would start uh, – I wouldn't tail our picks. I would um, – what's the word? I, I would play the opposite of whatever we pick because we're both not very good at picking winners. But uh, that's going to change. Mark my words. Yeah. I'm going on a heater in Week 5. So, yeah, I needed. I thought this was the week. Next week is the week. Yeah, well, we it. got we were gonna go on heaters, but then I started two and zero. Oh, then the Lions lose, and the Steelers lose, and the Colts lose, and the Browns lose, and it was all these games where it was like, oh, those were sh- like those should have been locks, and that would like we both would have been double digit wins for the week, uh, and oh, that, yeah, did, yeah. that did not happen. That did not happen. But, yeah, uh, win some, you lose some. Yeah, right now we're losing a lot. But with that being said, um, we'll catch you guys on Wednesday, man. Yeah, at ease. Yeah, have a good one.